Hello, friends. I'm Alan Kirshner from Eschatos Ministries. As a Christian, you can't help but hear the news and watch the turmoil of our day and know that the return of Christ is nearing. Bible Prophecy Daily is committed to the daily feeding of God's people to make overcomers. But there is a material cost to this global outreach. Please consider committing to giving to Eschatos Ministries on a monthly basis. You can easily do so by clicking the support button in the corner at the podcast website at BibleProphecyDaily.com. We appreciate you and pray that God will bless and strengthen you. Thank you. You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. The Structure of the Revelation One of the great difficulties in dealing with the book of Revelation is the issue of structure. The content of the book does not lend itself to an easy outline in the minds of many. There are several possible ways to outline the book depending on one's particular emphasis. There is the revelatory outline, A revelatory outline focuses on the vision sequences. Each vision sequence after the first is introduced with a unique phrase, meta-tauta-idon, that is, after these things. No indication is given as to why John received the vision as he did. However, each vision sequence is thematically consistent throughout. The vision sequences are six. Vision 1, Revelation chapter 1, verse 1 through chapter 3, verse 22. Vision 2, Revelation chapter 4, verse 1 through chapter 6, verse 17. Vision 3, Revelation chapter 7, verse 1 through 8. Vision 4, Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 through chapter 15, verse 4. Vision 5, Revelation chapter 15, verse 5 through chapter 17, verse 18. And Vision 6, Revelation chapter 18, verse 1 through chapter 22, verse 21. The first vision sequence deals with Jesus Christ and the church on earth. The presentation of Jesus Christ and his specific instructions to the seven churches of Asia focuses on the Lord's role as both Redeemer and Rewarder. The second vision sequence turns our attention to the throne room in heaven. The author depicts God the Father and his angelic hosts to highlight the significance of the Lamb of God. The centrality of the Father to all that happens in heaven is the focus of the fourth chapter. The Lamb's right to execute the Father's will is the focus of chapter 5. The Lamb's execution of the Father's will is the focus of Revelation 6. 
The third vision sequence focuses on God's long-awaited inauguration of the salvation of Israel. This is followed by the fourth vision sequence, which turns the reader's attention to the judgment of God against mankind in general. Included in this fourth vision sequence is also the reason for the final phase of God's wrath. The fifth vision sequence focuses on the final wrath of God in the form of seven bold judgments, which focus against the Antichrist, his kingdom, and those who take his mark. The sixth vision sequence records the long-awaited return of Jesus Christ to the earth in connection with which he will destroy the wicked and rule on earth for 1,000 years. Thematically, each vision sequence chronologically follows the previous one. However, there is some overlap. Another equally valid way of depicting the structure of the revelation is a temporal outline. The temporal outline is a favorite of those who are pre-tribulational in their belief. Revelation chapter 1 verse 19, which states right Therefore, the things that you have seen, those that are and those that are to take place after this, is seen by some to foster a three-division outline for the book of Revelation. Things you have seen, Revelation chapter 1, those that are, Revelation 2 to 3, those that are to take place after this, Revelation chapter 4 through 22. In this scenario, the first chapter of the Revelation focuses on the presentation of Jesus Christ as the Son of Man. The next two chapters deal with the church, and the final 18 chapters skip from the first century to the consummation of human history as we know it. Another possible way to outline the book of Revelation is a theological outline of the book. A theological understanding of the book of Revelation is somewhat subjective. However, the very beginning verses of the Revelation establish Jesus Christ as the temporal kingdom over which the Son of Man will rule as the central motif. The temporal and eternal relationships of believers with Jesus Christ are the focus of chapters 2 and 3. Chapter 4 through chapter 19 developed God's plan to transition human history from Satan's dominion back to his own. The first part of chapter 20 gives a brief overview of the temporal kingdom of Jesus Christ and his saints on the earth. Revelation chapter 20 verse 11 through chapter 22 verse 5 recounts the final disposition of wicked mankind and God's final creative act, a new heaven and a new earth. The final 16 verses of chapter 22 offer the reader admonishments in light of God's plan for his creation. Thus, a theological outline would be the prologue, the revelation of Jesus Christ to his bond service, Revelation chapter 1, verse 1 through 8, 
The Son of Man instructs the temporal kingdom constituents. That's Revelation chapter 1, verse 9 through chapter 3, verse 22. The consummation inaugurates the temporal reign of God on earth. Revelation chapter 4, verse through chapter 19. The temporal reign of God comes to earth. Revelation chapter 20, verse 1 through 10. The eternal reign of God comes to the new earth, Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, through chapter 22, verse 5. And then finally, the epilogue with admonitions, Revelation chapter 22, verse 6 through 20, verse 22. In defense of the theological outline presented above that the rule of Jesus Christ in God's temporal reign upon the earth and the inauguration of God's temporal reign upon the earth is the focus of the book of Revelation, we offer the following facts. First, the apostle Peter declared in Acts chapter 28, verse 30 to 31, he, Paul, lived two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Peter indicates that Paul had a two-point sermon, the kingdom reign of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. It is clear that the book of Revelation is a continuation of these two themes. Similarly, Jesus stated in John chapter 5, verse 22 to verse 23, and verse 26 to 27, he says, For not even the Father judges anyone, but he has given all judgment to the Son, in order that all may honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. For just as the Father has life in himself, even so he has given to the Son also to have life in himself. And he gave him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Jesus Christ is God's executor on earth. While the Gospels are concerned with how Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, came to have this unique appointment, the Revelation is, about, is concerned with how Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, executes his unique appointment. A quick overview of the book. The book of Revelation primarily concerns the final series of events that will eventuate into the kingdom reign of God on earth. Unlike human history, which has a 6,000-year timeline, brevity marks the final series of events. At the center of the final events of human history as we know it is a battle between heaven and earth. God the Father, the Son of God, and the elect of God, both Israel and the church, versus Satan, his Antichrist, and fallen humanity. At the center of the battle is Jesus Christ. The outcome of the battle is sure. God wins. How God wins is the essence of the book. The return of his Son assures God's victory. 
the Lord's second coming will be as King of kings and Lord of lords. Unlike the first time he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Several hundred years before the Lord came to earth to die on the cross, he communicated through an angelic messenger to Daniel the prophet, essential information about the coming of the kingdom reign of God. The Lord himself, as recorded in the Olivet Discourse in the New Testament, taught his disciples more truth about the sequence of events that would lead to the coming of the kingdom reign of God on earth. Fifty-plus years after the teaching of the Olivet Discourse, Christ, through an angelic messenger, revealed yet more truth, information vital for the understanding of the consummation of the ages. Ultimately, one can trace the prophetic truth contained in the book of Daniel, the Olivet Discourse, and the revelation about our Lord. It is the revelation about Jesus Christ as Son of Man which gives us a synthetic view of both Daniel and the Olivet Discourse. In the first verse of Revelation chapter 1, we are told that the content of the book are written for the bondservants of Christ, i.e. the living elect of God, who, by definition, must be the true church. In addition, Christ tells John that it is imperative that believers read and heed the message of the book because what will occur in the future is critically important for every child of God going into the last days. John receives instructions to record blessings and curses to seven local churches that existed at the time of the book of Revelation. The warnings have both immediate consequences as well as consequences at Christ's parousia. Thus, in the last days described in the book of Revelation, Christ weaves together three different programs for three different groups of people representing the entirety of mankind in the last days. Obedient and disobedient members of the church, unbelieving Israel, and the hostile world in general composition of these three groups. The next two chapters of the Revelation record the Son of Man instruction to the churches concerning earned privileges in the coming kingdom. Five of the warnings to the seven churches have direct end times consequences. It is possible that one of the questions on the mind of John in light of these warnings concern what would happen in the last days to those who continued in disobedience or unbelief. Beginning in chapter 4, John is taken up into heaven where we, the reader, as is John, are given a marvelous view of the throne of God and the activities that will occur in the last days of human history as we know it. Other than the incredible glory of heaven itself, the focal point is an unopened scroll in the hand of him who sits on a throne, sealed with seven seals. The question then arises as to who is able to break the seals and thus permit the condition necessary to affect the content of the scroll. 
pointing to the Lamb of God, one of the 24 elders tells John that only the Lamb that is from the tribe of Judah is worthy to break the seals, which will allow the content of the scroll to be seen. There is no explicit declaration of the large scroll's content. However, with the breaking of the seals, the Lamb authorizes the beginning birth pains that initiate the consummation, which will lead to the summing up of all things. The first six seals are broken by the Lamb, setting the stage for the ultimate destruction of the satanic-inspired attempt to prevent the Lamb's reign as King of kings and Lord of lords upon the earth. The day of the Lord, the awesome and oft-predicted wrath of God, results from the seventh seal. At the end of the sixth trumpet judgment, the final seven-year period of end-time events prophesied by Christ in the book of Daniel concludes. Only, only 75 days remain before the actual rule of Christ begins on earth over the nation Israel, who, after the completion of the seven-year period, will come back into a proper relationship with her God. The book of Revelation depicts a strong angel coming down out of heaven with a small scroll. The content of the small scroll remains unclear. However, Revelation 10 declares the completion of the mystery of God. The ministry of the two witnesses to Israel and their death and resurrection follows this account. This signals the restoration of Israel, which follows the fulfillment of the times of the Gentiles. Then Revelation shows the authority to rule over the earth being taken from Satan and returned to Almighty God, who will then begin to rule again upon the earth as described in the book of Daniel in the person of the Son of Man. Then the seventh trumpet judgment releases seven bold judgments of God, which in the final, which is the final wrath of God. Antichrist, his kingdom, and those who take his mark are the primary recipients of this final outburst of God's wrath. In the last chapters of Revelation, Christ then shows John the events that occur on earth following the Lord's return. Revelation 19 ends with the assigning of Antichrist and the false prophets to the lake of fire. The fate of the armies of the Antichrist is death by the Lord's word and supper for the birds. Following Armageddon, chapter 20 opens with the description of God's final program for Satan, immobility and isolation in a bottomless pit for a thousand years is Satan's fate. Then the saints of the ages, seated on thrones, receive authority to render judgments. Then the beheaded saints who refused to worship Antichrist or take his mark came to life to reign with Christ for a thousand years. Revelation chapter 20, verse 4 through 6. The release of Satan after the thousand years allows him to receive, deceive the nations one last time to fight against Christ 
but is again defeated as before the thousand years began. The wicked dead and all those who died during the thousand-year reign of Christ come to life and receive eternal judgment. Revelation chapter 20, verse 11 through 15. Revelation 21 opens with the creation of a new heaven and a new earth with the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. The new Jerusalem described in some detail comes down to earth from heaven. Revelation chapter 21, verse 9 through 27. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 